Hey, 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 everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Talk Cash or Don't Speak podcast. I'm your host, John Odebo, also known as Johnny Debs. Hope you're ready for today's episode. Let's get it. People, you are tuned into a rant-style personal finance podcast. If you're looking for someone to get in your face about personal finance and investing topics, I'm definitely your guy. The motto on this show is talk cash or don't speak. Hello, hello, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me on another Talk Cash Tuesday. Talk Cash Tuesday, baby. Tell your friends. Tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a family member to tell an ex-girlfriend. Um, thank you guys for joining me. If it's not Tuesday, that's okay too. This particular Tuesday that this episode is dropping is voting Tuesday, election day. So go out there and vote people. And if you're not a U.S. citizen, don't vote, but maybe, maybe you could like get someone else to vote for you because there's a lot of people out there who don't exercise their option to vote. So you should convince them to vote. And this is, this is if you're not a U.S. citizen, if they don't vote, Go and go and tell them your vote and maybe get them to voice that. And if they're like, I disagree, I don't want that person to win. Hey, then why don't you go vote for your own fucking opinion? But like, anyway, so go out and vote. I got to go drop my ballot off later on. Hopefully I don't get mugged on the way. Guys, big news today. I We're, we're recording this on Tuesday. Um, normally I record a little in advance, but I just put it off all weekend and finally getting around to it. But I'm happy I did because... The story that I was going to talk about had a major development. The story, I'm breaking the story right here. Okay. The lottery, baby. Powerball. $1.9 billion. I feel like it's more natural for people to say million instead of billion. Like we don't really think, wow, a billion dollars. Someone just won today. So someone just won 1.9, basically $2 billion. What? That's crazy. All right. So after taxes, you're getting a, a billion of that, right? But let me uh, let me put you guys onto some game here. Okay. I have a couple of thoughts about the lottery. If you win the lottery, don't fucking tell anybody. Don't tell anybody because that's trouble. I feel like everybody talks about what they would do if they win the lottery. I don't know how often people are like, really thinking this through because you're people are like yeah i'm not gonna tell anybody okay cool but like if you win right away first call has got to be to like one or two lawyers get their opinion and one or two accountants as well and they're like go go for the go for one of some of the best out there you don't want them to like drain you of your money but you can afford it you have a billion dollars to play with in this sense yeah, don't tell your don't tell your family. Figure out a plan. Set half of it away right away for taxes, okay? And then you're gonna want to con- uh, consult with your accountant, uh, and then you're gonna want probably want your lawyer to set up like a trust or something to put some of that money away in different in different vehicles, and then that way you can play with it yourself. If it's a billion dollars, bro, I'm I'm probably retiring. I'm not gonna lie. I always like say like I don't hate my job. I like what I do, so I probably would keep working if I won, like, 
a couple million dollars. Definitely if I want a couple million dollars, because I want more than a couple million dollars. If I want like a hundred million, that'd be tough, but I probably would still just keep working for a little bit until I really have a solid plan thought out of what I want to do with that money. Maybe I just buy assets and then I keep working. And then one day I'm like, I, I quit. <laughs> but yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a nice little story of recently in China of a guy who won. It, he won the lottery. It equated to the equivalent of like $30 million, which there is 219 won. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. I, I believe I am. He kept it a secret from his family. He never, he had a wife and a kid and he didn't tell them. How funny is that? He didn't want them to get lazy and complacent. That is China for you right there. That is peak China. Like, yes, we are rich. Yes, we never have to work again. We will work hard still. We will innovate. No, it's 30 million though. That's again, 30 million compared to 2 billion. That's crazy. I used to want to be a billionaire. I used to say I wanted to be a billionaire until it really came to my attention just how much money a billion dollars is. And I was talking with someone the other day and they're like, I don't even know what I would do. We were talking about a couple million. We were, we were talking about, uh, we were, we were talking about the Rams football coach, Sean McVay, and he gets paid like $18 million a year, making him the highest paid NFL coach. We were like, and he was like, I don't even know how I'd spend that. I'm like, dude, first of all, it's LA. You can kind of go through that pretty quickly with that, like a house or two. But realistically, you are going to elevate your life a little bit in certain areas, right? Like you're no longer going to fucking Olive Garden. But also, if you're a millionaire, billionaire, you have to think about safety wise too. Like if people don't know who you are, that's one thing. But like you don't really want to be out there quite as often in the public. And if you're a billionaire, you need security. So you'll need a security team. You'll need security around your house. That costs money. So you can spend it pretty quickly. It's like, that's like the same with like more money, more problems. Yeah, you got a, got a couple different types of things to worry about. But private jet, right? Like you don't want to drive in. A, a, imagine how shitty it is to drive in LA traffic. Think about the, Think about how much you have to work. And then you have to come home and cook and clean. But then doing all that, you don't have time to go to the gym and still watch your hour of Netflix a day and read your luxury book and take an hour long bath and sit and uh, sit and just manifest success, whatever you guys are into these days, right? Meditate 30 minutes a day. That's that's a lot of daytime right there. So if you can eliminate time or uh, free up time and eliminate tasks like laundry, cleaning, cooking driving if you can work when you drive that's another thing right there that increases productivity allows you to make more money than you might while just driving the, than the time saved driving 45 minutes for example so people don't really think about those things i mean those are definitely like next level wealth things to think about so i i just think when people are like oh i i wouldn't know how to spend a couple million a, a, or a billion dollars you'd probably find a way pretty quickly maybe not a billion again a billion is crazy a billion is a crazy amount of money. But a billion, or sorry, a million, you'll go through that very quickly. You talk about 10 million. Once you elevate your lifestyle, which naturally happens, 
We talk about lifestyle inflation all the time on this podcast and avoiding it. But there are certain things as you as you make more money, it is is just makes sense and is almost necessary to elevate. And there's a cost associated with that. So some of it does go kind of quickly there. But I really like that guy uh, in China. He donated five million of it too, which is kind of nice. Out of thirty million yuan, he donated five of it. So that's that's good for him too. So if you're winning a billion, a billion means that hopefully you your next generation and the generation after that don't have to work. But this guy's think, you know, with the mindset that the Chinese guy had, obviously we don't know who won the U S lottery. We don't know where they're at even actually. I haven't, that information hasn't come out yet, but if you can set up two generations so that they never have to work, that's excellent. But that's why I was mentioning the trusts and such, because you don't necessarily want them to not work. You want them to find a passion. Maybe you don't want them to work a shitty job. But you do want them to do something uh, because otherwise that money will run out in two generations or so. So and, and and they say statistically that most lottery winners spend it all and end up broke again. That's why you set up a trust. You, you put it away for yourself so that there's a certain amount of money. If you're 40, there's a certain amount of money that you can't touch until you're 60. If your kids are 12, there's a certain amount of money that they can't touch until they're 18. And then maybe another certain allotment that they can't touch until they're like 40 or so and they start having children and that will help them raise their children, maybe a college fund, something like that. But like it's all about setting up these processes to trick your mind to not be dumb and spend all of that money because that's it's 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 statistics. It's what you do. Right. And that's why you're listening to this podcast, though to increase your financial literacy so that that doesn't so that that doesn't happen to you. 2 billion dollars, man. Woo. I'm not afraid to say I'm jealous there. But here's my thought. I don't play the lottery. A lot of people do in this country in America. My thinking is I want 10 million dollars, we'll say, roughly something like that. Again, I used to want to be a billionaire until I realized just how much that is. I don't really think it's necessary for a billion. If I was to be able to amass a hundred million, I don't think the difference between a hundred million and a billion would make that much of a difference in my life. Kind of like what we were just saying, like, oh, 18 million, how can you spend that? I can spend 18 million. I can invest 18 million. I can set my kids up with 18 million. But um, a billion, the difference and the amount that you have to work to get from 100 to to get from 1 million to 10 million is crazy. 10 million to 100 million is crazy. 100 million to half a uh, billion, crazy. To be a billionaire, Jay-Z is a broke, is broke compared to other billionaires, right? Like he's only got $1 billion only. Jeff Bezos, a hundred, over $100 billion Jeff Bezos has. So that's 100x there. So here's my thinking. Here's my thoughts on this. If you want, you most likely don't want a billion dollars. I mean, you might want it, but like you don't want to have to work for it, right? But I really believe that if you just want $10 million, $5 million, there are systems in America that you can work and exploit to go and get that money. There's there's opportunity here in this country to go do that. I don't care if you came from nothing, if you came from rich family, if you came from the middle, right? The middle class. And we're always just living paycheck to paycheck, but 
never really able to get ahead, but never really far falling behind. Cause then maybe you don't have that grit of someone who grew up with nothing. And they're like, I got to go get it. Right. I always appreciate that type of grit. And then someone who, who was born with everything and maybe they don't have that grit, but then at the same time, maybe they have more capital and, and just more experience with money. Right. You got to be able to carry yourself in circles with money once you have money. And a lot of the time it takes a little money to go make more money. And a lot of the time uh, to get into circles where people have money, you need to show or flash or spend some money to begin with. It's just uh, it's just the contradiction of America and making it in, in, in climbing classes. But realistically, you want a couple million dollars. Most people in this country, if they like, because every million dollars saved in retirement is forty thousand dollars, roughly. So if you just want a million dollars, you work till sixty five. You start working at a college at like twenty two, twenty three, and you find a way to put like five hundred dollars away per month every month for the rest of your life until 65, when you retire, you'll have between one to $2 million right there. Boom, done, mic drop, mic drop. <laughs> um, oh, but John, at 22, I was only earning $30,000. Yeah, well, at 40, you'll be making more, most likely. So you don't have to invest the $500 a month when you're 22 and just out of college, but if you can put like 50 or 100 a month away, now go a long way to building a bit of a nest egg. When you're 40, your career, as your career goes up, earnings go up too. As those earnings go up, if you can avoid lifestyle inflation to a fair amount, then you can start putting more and more away. So maybe you start by putting $100 away when you're 22. By the time you're 30, 35, you're putting that $500 a month away. And then by the time you're 40, 50, about to retire, you're stacking a lot away, $500, $600 a month, $700 a month. And then that's how it just balances out over your time, over time. Obviously, compounding interest is, a, is there. It's a thing. So the more money you can stash away when you're younger, the more that money will work for you instead of you having to work for that money. But I really believe that if you, so that's how you can go get one to two million dollars right there. Go get any type of job and, and put a fair amount of it away each month. But I really believe that most people could find out a way to make a billion. Uh, sorry. Wow. Too many B's, too many M's. A million dollars or so. In, in this country in America, it's like 5 million, 6 million. Remember, remember every million is 40,000 in retirement. Okay. So 5 million, that's $200,000. That's probably more than most people need. Average salary in this country is about $60,000. Most people are making anywhere from 40 to 70. If you make more than 80, congrats, you're in the top 20% of American earners. If you make over $100,000, congrats, you're in the top 10% of American earners. Just like that. So you don't need more than 5 million, most likely, unless you are living a high, a high spending lifestyle and making a lot of money. All right. So I, I, that's, I don't go by the lottery. I, I believe that the more the actions that you take consistently day in, day out, month in, month out, the money you set aside, the actions you take, the people you talk to, the information you put in your mind, the way you treat your body, all of that can amount to the million dollars that you really want, the 5 million, the 4 million that you really want to get to like 160,000 a year, $200,000 a year in actual income, more so than playing the lottery. The difference is that people just don't wanna work for it, right? Some people have to work harder than others. I, I have this conversation a lot, okay? Um, 
I'm lucky. My parents helped me when I was growing up. Not everybody is that lucky. If you weren't, you have to work harder. That's really easy for me to say, right? It sucks. But don't you want to provide for your kids and make life a little bit easier for them? Make it so that they have to, they understand the value of hard work, but they don't have to work quite as hard as the next person. I don't know. That's that's kind of my goal. I don't want my kids to be like snobby, snot-nosed, rich kids who don't know how to work. But I also don't want them to be grinding just to pay bills. No, I want them to flourish. I want them to thrive. And I think uh, we just have this weird eat the rich mentality in America. Bro, it's America. Go be the rich. I don't want to eat the rich. I want to eat with the rich. <laughs> But I, I don't know. People people would rather point fingers, ask for handouts, say I should have this. They shouldn't have that. Go put in the effort consistently, day in, day out, month in, month out, two years, three years, four years, and see what you can accomplish. Go drive, go pick up a side hustle, go drive Uber, go do Instacart for two years, four days a week two hours a day, but drive rush hour, Monday to Thursday, Uber driving, see how much money you make. You make like $20 an hour or so of Uber, depending on what city you're in, a couple other factors, right? But you're already, it's rush hour. It's four o'clock to six o'clock. If you're in an office, you're already driving home anyway. So instead, flip that Uber switch on from the office, drive around that area for two hours, collect 20 bucks an hour, 40 bucks a day, 160 bucks a week for a whole year and then do it again for another year and see how much and, and investing that money too, because this is extra money. You were living off whatever you had before. Now that you're making the extra money, you invest it and just see where you're at in two years. If you don't call me, right? We'll, we'll see what happens, but I bet you'll be, I mean, I can almost guarantee you're going to be in a, a better financial position. Oh, it's not worth my time. Then, then why is buying a lottery ticket worth your time? Thoughts on the lottery there. All right. So this last week, the Fed, the Federal Reserve, increased interest rates once again. Another 75 basis points. Oh, boy. What are we going to do? What does that mean anyway? 75 basis points? That means 0.75%, basically. That's a lot. That's a big one. Normally, they go in like 0.5 or... Uh, five fifty basis point increments. What does that mean? Okay, it means that now if your interest rate was six percent, which is what they are roughly right now, now it's like six point seven five. Now it doesn't have that direct correlation because a lot of the time mortgage lenders, um, credit card companies, they'll bake that in already. Once they know it's going to come in a week or two, they they bake it in early. But Money was so cheap a year ago, 2%, 3% interest rates. Now we're looking at six and that's going up. Are they going to go higher? This is to curb inflation still, right? I mean, we printed money. We printed over the last couple of years, we printed more money that was ever in, ex then that was ever in existence. Crazy. Okay. Over the last two, three years, we've been doing stimulus checks. We've been doing PPP loans, all these federal programs. Do we think we were just getting free money? If so, then you need to turn into this podcast and listen to more episodes because there's no free handouts. So you have to, it has to be paid somehow or some way or another. Oh, we got a new road program going into our city. Who do you think is paying for that? The taxpayers. Okay. 
start questioning things and being like, where's that money coming from? But yeah. So, I mean, if the interest or sorry, if inflation is still really high, I mean, it's calmed, right? It was at like 9% two months ago. And now we're at like still that eight range, but the fed needs to make drastic actions to be able to slow down inflation. If it gets over 10%, we're going to be in trouble, right? So they have to raise interest rates to curb that, and then they can bring them down. But is that in the plans? Like what's happening What's happening next year? Which is kind of an interesting concept, because I think the difference between, say, you know, there's a difference between like, people are like, oh, there's like, being broke and then there's being poor one's a mindset and one is like where you're at financially you could be poor for example but have like a rich mindset i think poor people li uh, live in the moment in right now what am i going to do in the next and and this is psychology too right like if you don't know if you're going to be able to pay rent at the end of the month then you only can think so far ahead, but I think I think poor people think now and maybe one move ahead. Maybe like what am I gonna like? What does December hold? As we're here in November, what does next week hold? I think middle class people think maybe like a quarter at a time, maybe maybe six months at a time, maybe even a year at a time, right? So two three moves ahead. Like, where am I going to be next year? Am I going to be one of, where I want to be next year? Six months from now, what's going to happen? Six months from now is uh, when the seasons change and it's spring slash summer. Like, what what am I going to be doing with, you know, whatever example we're talking about? Rich people and ultra rich and ultra, well, ultra wealthy people think five moves or more ahead while still being able to execute on what's in front of them. Five moves ahead. And in this case, in this example, like three, four years ahead. So we're thinking, let's look at like a house, for example. We're thinking like, oh, I can't buy a house right now. That's like the poor mindset. That's like right now. Other people, uh, middle class, it's like, can I buy a house in the next six months? What do my savings look like? And what's, I, I don't know. I don't trust the market right now. It's going to get better in the next six months. That's thinking six months is like the ultimate end timeline there, or maybe like one year from now. Rich people are thinking, I might be able to buy a house now and then another one in two years. If I buy a house now, what does that mean for my five to 10 year plan? Where does it fit into my long-term future? Because be real with yourself. The last time you probably came up with like a five to 10 year plan is when talking with your significant other about the seriousness of the relationship or going for a job interview when they're like, what do you see yourself doing in five years? I've literally gone to a job interview before and they're like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I said, I don't have a five-year plan. I have a 15-year plan. And I can tell you where the five years kind of plays into that. But what happens in the next five years doesn't really affect me as long as what happens in the next 15 years happens. If I execute on the 15-year plan, the next six months are fucking insignificant. Does that does that make sense there? I hope I hope that doesn't sound too pretentious of an idea because you're saying like low class, middle class, high uh, upper class, or like poor, medium income, rich. But you can get out of to what to to in order to climb classes, or in order to get out of whatever hole you're in, 
you cannot just think about the next, like that's, that's, I don't even know where that mindset comes from, but like one foot in front of the other, that's fine when you're walking through a fucking desert. But what if you're walking the wrong way in the desert? You need to see the end goal. You need to think about the end goal. And it's actually the exact opposite of like golf. Cause people were like, Oh, just focus on the next um, shot. That works if you're like a beginner amateur golf player. But as you get to a more advanced level, which I am so far away from, <laughs> but like you're thinking, if I put my first shot in X position, then it will make an easier second shot. You look at the hole or the entire 18 holes, and then you break it down into that next step. So if you work backwards, life will be a little bit more straightforward. Sometimes... People are thinking about like, oh, I'm about to get this promotion or I'm going to take this job. But if you take that job for five to ten thousand dollars more, but it's it's a worse company or it is a worse environment. And then you have to come take a step back or it just doesn't help you towards your long term goals, then that wasn't necessarily a good move. But if you're planning your career 15 years in advance and knowing I want to go here in order to do that, I have to go boom, boom, boom. But the other option when you're just thinking two moves ahead or one job ahead is like, oh, I could go that way. But instead of going here, I can actually make more money if I go the other way. Then you've played yourself. You need to be thinking five moves ahead. And there's a book about that. It's called it's by Patrick Bet David, a guy I love watching on social media. I like his voice. I like his mindset on the way he talks about things. Um, but he has a book called "The Next Your Next Five Moves. And he basically was selling insurance and then now owns an insurance brokerage. And then he also owns another company called Valuetainment. So listen to what successful people are saying. They'll never give away the full game. They'll never tell you exactly what to do, but they'll give you the the, the blueprint, so to speak, enough for you to run with and for you to probably get somewhere where you want to be somewhere better than where you're at now. But yeah, I mean, I just, and, and back to the idea of like, okay, I just have to think about where I'm getting my next meal from. If you think about that, if you just think about where I'm going to get my next meal from, what about your meal after that? Right. And I'll give you an example of like, we'll just talk about like fast food. Okay. You need one meal. You're looking at dinner. Okay, McDonald's is $7. Or you can go to Chipotle, get a $10 bowl, ask for all the extra rice, the extra beans, the extra uh, tomatoes, the extra salsa and all that, the extra corn. And you have a pretty big, pretty big bowl there, right? Definitely more food than McDonald's. Split it. Two meals. Now you've gotten two meals for $10 instead of one for seven. That's like a really quick example, really basic. But I mean, I think about that with food all the time. I'm like, I don't, I want to eat out, but I don't want to like, like there are some weeks where I'm just like, I don't want to just eat one meal out. I want like two meals or I don't have anything left in the fridge. So I know I'm going to have to eat out again tomorrow if I eat out tonight. So I try to, I, I, I use that. I do that Chipotle move, <laughs> but like, that's a super simple example, but like, this person is hungry and they just need food, right? But if you spend that extra $3, you're covering two meals. Or go to Chipotle and like, just think, forget Chipotle here at this point, but 
that's that's an example. There's a super example. If you come up with excuses of why that example doesn't work, uh, you're going to come up with examples of why nothing will ever work. And I feel bad for you. You'll never be where you want to be. All right. That's my, uh, I guess, my my quasi rant for this episode. All right. Like everybody else in the world over the last couple of weeks, I want to talk about Elon Musk. I made a post about it on my social media, which if you're not following, at TalkCashPod on Instagram, on Twitter, and on TikTok. And I'll, I'll re-say that, but actually in the order of which I post on. So at TalkCashPod on Instagram, at TalkCashPod on TikTok. Notice I didn't say Twitter. I don't really use Twitter that much. I use it more to keep up with like what other people in the finance world are tweeting and talking about. And there's there's a lot of good tweets out there. There's a lot of crap out there too. But I'm not really actively tweeting. I try to post new episodes, but like really it's like one post, two posts a week. People are on there all day, man. It's crazy. Um, Elon Musk recently went through and finalized the acquisition of Twitter. People are going crazy all over. Just put your political thoughts away for a second and let's talk about the business of social media. Two ways that social media companies make money for the most part, for the most part. Ad revenue, advertising to us. We get to sit on it and scroll all day for free because we probably buy shit that we've seen off of social media sites all the time. Oh, I saw that on TikTok. Oh, I saw that on Instagram. Instagram advertised it to me. Oh, Facebook must be listening because I heard it and I said it and now I'm seeing the ads, right? Ad revenue. Boom. Two, probably selling our data. Realistically, that's not a surprise to anybody these days. There's a, a classic saying that if you don't pay for a product, then you are the product. Makes sense if you think about it a little bit. But Elon Musk took over Twitter and he's probably thinking, how the hell am I going to make money here? Right? I overpaid for this company. There's a lot of bloat. There's a lot of people doing the same jobs, five people doing the job that maybe three of them could do. So Elon's got to try to cut some costs and increase revenue. He took out a loan to buy at a, at a peak price. And he's got to pay that loan back with interest. So he's got to make some money here. So one of the ways he's doing it, layoffs. I mentioned that below. Uh, he announced last week that pretty much like, I think they said like 50% of the company is going to get laid off. And the email came out. These jobs are secure until February. Well, that's what you have basically until you are no longer able to, uh, then you're, you're no longer able to collect the paycheck. Severance is separate. Severance is being negotiated separately. And then they probably have health insurance at least until February and probably a little bit on. Not too bad of a deal. You got Twitter on your resume. You did well to get there. I don't think those people will struggle to find other jobs, but they are suing Elon Musk for not providing enough notice. So that's another whole nother debacle there. But he comes out with this idea. So in case you guys haven't noticed, Instagram recently started doing subscription services. Your favorite influencer, ranging from Emily Ratajkowski all the way to an OnlyFans model, all the way to just your average personal finance podcaster. Um, are all doing it where like you can pay a certain amount per month, whether it's like $5, $50, whatever, for additional premium content. So Facebook's doing that now. So Twitter needs a recurring revenue type of system like that. They had Twitter Blue, didn't really take off. People weren't really taken to it. So Elon Musk introduced the idea of 
paying for a verified blue check. He thinks that this will reduce bots, which is a huge problem in one of the debates of like whether he was actually going to go through with the purchase or not. He was arguing about that. But for eight dollars, you can get a blue check, and then you'll there'll also be prioritization over your tweets. There'll be some additional features as well that uh, basically make it worth your while potentially. That's up to you to decide. I'm not paying eight dollars for, but I already said I don't. I don't really use Twitter like that. Some people might. Some people might want to. I think this will kind of like water down the value of a of a blue check mark. Talked about that on the, on the post that I made on social media at Talk Cash Pod. But in general, subscription services are amazing for public companies because of the way that public companies recognize revenue. This is what we call annual recurring revenue or ARR, or in some senses, it's MRR, monthly recurring revenue. When you go to the the wall, the street, Wall Street, and you say, we have $62 million ARR, then that is $62 million this year in 2022, most likely, and the company will recognize it moving forward, or not even recognize it, but it's predictable, $62 million in ARR in 2022, $62 million in ARR in 2023, and it's expected that $62 million in ARR would also be there in 2024. And then you can just grow on that, right? Churn happens. You you definitely can fluctuate there. There's not, it's not locked in money. But Wall Street sees that as safer money than one, like capital expenditures versus like one-time costs. So there's CapEx and OpEx. Operational expenditures are ones that happen every single year and are recurring. So as a company that's like spending money too, you can kind of write some of those operational expenses off because you know it's coming every year or you can plan for it. Capital expenditures are one-time purchases that are large. So they got to put money away for that, right? It's kind of back into that of why companies do unlimited PTO so often now versus keeping a bunch of unrecognized PTO in the books and potentially after paying people out for PTO. That's all, it's all about how companies recognize money and the accounting practices. I really advise you to just look a little bit more into that for publicly traded companies and your own company too. And as someone who's in sales, it's when I'm selling to companies, I need to start thinking, like it's my job to think about whether a company is marking it as like a capital expenditure one time or an operational expenditure where they write it into their budget and allocate budget for it every single year. So annual or monthly recurring revenue is much more attractive to investors and shareholders than those one-time revenue events because it's predictable and the market loves predictable and locked-in revenue. We don't want to see going up one quarter, down another quarter. We want to see consistent, slow growth. All right. I'm going to keep it on Elon here, but Tesla finally is ready to start mass producing their Cybertruck two years after it was initially planned. They unveiled this idea of the Cybertruck back in 2019. Remember, there was like one or two driving around in in big cities, and you saw the video. People were putting like a thousand dollars down to uh, to be able to have the right to reserve it. <laughs> so the goal for them is to start ramping up in 2023 production, and then they're gonna that's gonna lead to larger production at the end of the year. They won't be able to recognize that revenue though, since we're all talking about revenue. Until the like for a full quarter of sales, basically, like they're if they're ramped up at the end of the year, let's say Q4 2023, then they can't recognize that revenue and pronounce announce it to the street until January, February or so in 2024. 
So you get that full quarter of sales at the end of 2023, maybe, or maybe it's the beginning of 2024. You still have to wait a couple of months to announce that and to, to recognize that revenue, right? So that was pretty key to their growth plans. No surprise, Tesla was down 7% just today. All tech stocks are down, but like that was announced last week. And that's, that's I mean, they're, they're behind, but at least they're finally getting there, right? But like the idea is like, oh, end of 2023, finally, we see an end, a light at the end of the tunnel. No, because that means that they're finally ramped up at the end of 2023, which means we still have to wait to see that money really come in. And as investors and see that growth coming in, then it's going to take even more time. And that's assuming no problems happen. I was reading today that just just announced like 40,000 Tesla cars are getting uh, recalled for the auto driving feature. Yikes. Okay. So, but Tesla, the technology of Tesla behind the car also annual recurring revenue or monthly recurring revenue, you pay a fee for that subscription. Just anytime you see a subscription service, and this doesn't mean that it's good or bad, but like people are usually lazier to, or not even aware enough to know how many subscription services they're signed up to. This is like the Netflix effect way back when, right? Like you pay $12 a month instead of getting the $1 blockbuster video. It's you're, you have to go through a little bit of effort to cancel that. So Anytime you see subscription services, I want you to just do a little smile to yourself, like recognize that. Oh, this is a subscription-based model. This company is locking that revenue in and they're really accounting for it. And, and you, you, if you think about trials, right? People give you a 30-day trial, a 14-day trial. They ask for your credit card on file though. Then it's up to you to cancel it. And then if you don't cancel it, oh, now they got you. And then you might as well keep it for, keep the service for that next month because you paid for it. Oh, nope, another month's gone by. Large companies kind of hope for the same thing because again, once you pay for it and you've written it into your budget, it's now part of your budget. You're used to paying it. So that's uh, subscription services. It's nice for the consumer because you're not paying a lot up front and it's nice for the company because they're consistently receiving that paycheck from you. But I recommend you always go and audit your subscriptions. I just canceled a serious XM subscription today because I was using it when I used to turbo my car and now I'm not turboing my car anymore. So I don't need the, the auto lock and unlock from my phone feature of my car, but I was paying for that. BMW is announcing, I think they were announcing that heated seats were going to be part of their subscription service and you're going to pay a monthly fee for that. Every company is going to start like moving towards that. And as a consumer, this should fucking bother you. We should, we should, be okay with some things make sense, making sense as a subscription, but like Xbox Game Pass, PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Plus Extra or whatever, like the services where you can download cloud gaming. What happens to the, when you used to buy a game for $70, the next year you could trade it in for 20 and you get some of that money back and then you buy another one. Now with cloud gaming, you never really even own the game. So we're moving slowly to a world where you own nothing and these companies want you to think it's convenient. It is convenient because you get lots of variety until they decide to pull it, right? Until they decide to pull one feature, but then you're still your cost is still $13 a month or something like that. You can go broke through subscriptions. Audit your subscriptions. And I think there's some actual applications out there that you can go and download that will look through your bank account and tell you what subscriptions you have. But like if you don't use a subscription, if you don't know what it charges, cancel that shit. And then if you need it, you can always add it back on. That's a great thing to do at the end of the year as you go through an annual audit going into next year. Subscription services. 
Be on the know. Be on the lookout. Be more mindful of that stuff. Guys, I appreciate you listening today. I hope you enjoyed the, the conversation. And let me know your thoughts. I'm, I'm posting these videos on YouTube now too. It's at my personal YouTube, which is John Odebo, because I might post other shit that's not just the Talk Cash or Don't Speak podcast. But you can go, you can go to YouTube, search Talk Cash or Don't Speak, search John Odebo, and you can find me. Leave a like, leave a comment, subscribe. If you subscribe, I appreciate you so much. And then the subscribers on TikTok, on social media like Instagram and Twitter. If you're following me on Twitter, you're an you're you're a real fan because I'm not really I'm not really on there, but like I should I should post a little more on there. Maybe a little couple a little a little couple extra goodies for you guys on Twitter. But uh yeah, we're and the website's up too. Talkcasterdon'tspeak.com. Go check that out. Merchandise people. This week, black t-shirts. Talkcaster don't speak written right here right here. Be real cool. Really comfy material. I wouldn't just say that. I'm I literally waited cuz I was I was thinking about doing a pre-order for them and then like, oh, I'm just going to ship them directly. No, I wanted these to come to me because if I'm not going to wear it and it's you know those scratchy like Hanes material, nah, this is the good material. This is that good good. You guys are going to like wearing this. And you're going to look fresh with it. It's not even just pure black. It's like a heather black. It's a little faded, a little a little speckled in with some gray. It looks good on. If you're a guy and you got some some biceps, your biceps are going to look real good in this. If you're a girl, you're going to love wearing this t-shirt around. You're going to love wearing it to sleep at night. You're not going to want to take it off. You're going to go into work and they're going to be like, what the hell is this shirt you're wearing? Top casher don't speak. And you're going to be like, oh, whoopsies. I didn't realize I've been wearing this shirt for three days because it was so goddamn comfortable. Topcasherdon'tspeak.com. You can, you can watch the podcast on there. You can listen to the podcast on there. And then you can just support me too by sharing that to people. But most importantly, the store is there. Uh, stickers, stickers to put on your laptop. I work in tech. So I work with a lot of people who put stickers on their laptop. And I do for my work computer, but I've always kept my personal computer pretty clean. But guess what? We got Talk Cash or Don't Speak stickers coming out. So keep an eye out for those too. All right, guys, thank you for listening again. Whatever you can do to support the show, share it with a friend. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you learned something about what a basis point is, what CapEx is, what operational expenses are, what ARR and MRR is, because these are all business terms that you hear in the business world and it, it sounds like just jargon. It's it's words used to make people on the outside feel on the outside. Guess what? You're on the inside now. Come on inside. Come on. Come on inside. You're on the inside now, baby, because you're a talk casher. Don't speak listener and subscriber thank you guys peace keep an eye out for upcoming episodes they're gonna be great i got great ideas for you guys peace guys thank you guys so much for listening